Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Peter Beckingham, and he is an Australian entrepreneur who lives and runs his online sales and marketing coaching business from a remote Thai village, and we'll hear more about that tonight. He helps small businesses to build authority, attract quality leads, and generate sales. Welcome, Peter. How are you doing today? Hi, Terry. Thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to be with you. And I'm so excited to have you here. I know you're going to have a lot of good things to share. So why don't you just start out by sharing a little bit about your background and what brought you to your journey of leaving the corporate world and starting your your own online business. So how did that happen? Okay. Well, first of all, let, let me put all the cards on the table because I'm one year older than baby boomers. I'm 1945, right? But that, close that's enough. okay. You're right. an honorary one and you are close enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I turned 75 in July. Okay. And I, I'm hoping that anyone who's listening to this podcast can, can pick up that it, age is just a number. That's all it is, right? And if you've got the desire and the passion and the commitment and the willingness, you can you can achieve anything. Don't retire. Don't retire. I mean, the, I, I love the fact that, that Terry's got a, four words that are classic, and it's called be bold, not old, right? I That's, love that. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> back, to my, back to my story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, let me go back prior to the corporate world, Terry. I mean, I started as a school teacher <laughs> because I just love teaching kids, right? I really did. And uh, I, I was a high school economics teacher and I did very well. And my students did very well indeed. <laughs> but unfortunately, I did too well because they kept promoting me. Okay. And that's not what I wanted. I mean, I mean, in a way, it's good for the ego when you're a young man, right? Right. And I think, wow, this is good. And I and well, I got to the level of being what you call faculty head, which meant I had twelve staff members under me. And by the way, I was the youngest member of the staff, right? Oh was, my goodness! Uh oh. <laughs> but but it was great. I mean, I, because I it was a great lesson for me in leadership to start with, right? Mm-hmm. And also, I, I know I could help each of them without being arrogant, without being pushy. I, I They were struggling with classroom behavior problems. They were struggling with uh, getting the results from their students when it came to external examinations, etc. And even though they were in different specialty areas, mm-hmm. okay, I knew I could help them, which I did. Anyway, Long story short, in education, I end up getting promoted to being the youngest principal in Australia, right? Wow. And at 31 years of age, you would have thought, wow, all my dreams have come true. Right. Well, <laughs> I was very unhappy. 
And I was unhappy because, Terry, I am an administration nightmare. And all I wanted to do is teach the children and happy to lead the staff, right? Right, right. Which I did anyway. But I just wanted one class, just yes. one class. And, and I would have stayed as a principal of the school and probably would have retired as a school principal, okay? Wow. But life has funny ways of coming around, right? And at the end of the day, I they wouldn't do it. They they. They just would not give me. That's crazy. Yeah, that's I crazy. Know. Yeah. I know. Yep. And I said to them, look, I'm going to give you a month's notice and I, and I will find you my replacement. <laughs> I will even train them to do it for you if you like. Now, that's wow. not your job. I mean, because I'm dealing with the bureaucracy, right, Terry? <laughs> right, right. That's true. So that, I mean, how naive can you get? Anyway, <laughs> long story. I I left. Mm-hmm. But interesting enough, I said to my wife prior to leaving, I said to her, dear, I want you to, I want to ask you something and I want you to tell me the answer over breakfast. Hmm. What's the worst two jobs you can think of? What are the worst two jobs? She said, why? I said, because I'm thinking of leaving education. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> I mean, you just you just be a school principal. You're a success. You're this. You're that. I said, right. yes, I am, and I'm completely unhappy because I, I mean, I don't want to yeah. deal all day every day in meetings dealing with bus drivers and right. and all the whatever problems, it may right. be, okay? right? And and going to all the in in those days in Australia, Terry, there was a lot of political un, uh, unrest within the education department, mm-hmm. etc. And I, it wasn't my cup of tea. All right, right. right. Uh, my wife and I slept that night very fitfully. In fact, she was angry. She was really angry I bet, at me, I bet. At me <laughs> thinking about this, right? <laughs> so we got to breakfast time and I got my cornflakes out there and there's deadly silence. <laughs> Nothing's being said at all, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm saying, well, what do you think? And I didn't get an answer. I said, please tell me, what is it? What are the two worst jobs you can think of? She said, Peter, why do you want to do this? I said, please, please, please. Have I ever let you down before? She said, well, no. I said, well, trust me. Give me the two worst jobs you can think of because I know whatever they are, if I pick up one of them and do it differently to everybody else, I can mm-hmm. be a success. Right, right. And that was that was the secret that my father who sadly has passed away now, but he gave me on my 21st birthday. He said the the secret to success in the business world, Peter, when one of these days you'll be there, you will not be in teaching. He knew. He, he knew. knew me, right? How did he know? Oh, my goodness. Well, he bred me, right? That, he was so he knew. Right? He knew you, were yeah. gonna, you weren't going to be able to stay. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. And he said the secret, in fact, what he did was he gave me – for my 21st birthday, I thought he was really being stingy, right? He gave me this <laughs> picture, right? Uh-huh. And the picture was simply a bowl of green apples with one red apple. He said, that's the clue. That's the there clue. There it is. <laughs> that's the secret to your success. Wow. I said, well, thanks very much, Dad. I really appreciate that. I, I was expecting a new car, but I'll take the picture, right? <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line was the clue was be different. 
That's okay. right. Be, be different. different. Yep. Wow. And when you think about it, you're an entrepreneur. Okay, right. Terry. And that is one of the key areas of being successful, to be different, to differentiate yourself from other people, as well as doing a whole lot of other things, right? Absolutely. So that's yep. the message I try to give my wife over a very frigid breakfast <laughs> morning. <laughs> and she said, okay, here's the two worst. Second Secondhand car salesman. <laughs> Oh. Or a life insurance agent. She's said, okay, thank pretty you very close. Much for that. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I went looking for a job as a, as a life insurance agent, and I couldn't get one <laughs> because everywhere I went, I mean, I was in Rotary as well in those days, and as a school principal, and every every life insurance company I went into, the manager knew me. Oh. as a principal of the school, right. and, and I said, I'm here for a job as an agent. Oh, yeah, and on. they looked at you like you're nuts, right? Come on, <laughs> let's go and have some lunch together. Let's get rid of this rubbish, right? See? Yep. <laughs> so, and and I mean, and even to this day, life oh insurance companies would love people to walk in and say, I want to have a job, right? Absolutely. Oh, my god. I couldn't get one. <laughs> That's so nuts. I finally found an insurance company that didn't know me, and I said, are you taking on any agents today? <laughs> of course they are, right? Of course, of course. So oh. I said I'd like I'd like to apply for a position. Wow. Anyway, the manager came out and spoke to me and he said, So so how long have you been out of work? I said, I'm not out of work, I'm a school principal, but I want a job as an agent. <laughs> and he said, No, 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 but that you don't want that. I said, What are you talking about? He said, well, Why would you want to leave? I said, please. You sound like my wife. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just let me sign the papers. Right. I want to become an insurance agent, not because I want to be an insurance agent, because I'm fascinated with the world of sales and marketing. Right. 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 And in order, to, in order to be good at it, I need to be able to experience the ups and downs and the kicks and the butts that comes with it. Right. Absolutely. So I want to start at the bottom. Right. Okay. And that's an so, agent. <laughs> So let me do it. So he finally let me do it. And what? Wow. And I said, but I'll do it on one condition. I do not want to know anything about your products. Okay? Nope. I really don't. I'll employ two of my students. As long as you are prepared to train them, I'll pay for them. Uh-huh. And they can come with me on every appointment. Okay? And if ever I need any expert advice about products, I'll refer to them. <laughs> okay? And Where that's exactly... What wow, did. that is different. So, so what? I, yeah, be different. Very, very different, yeah, right? that's very different. Wow. So when I would walk in to see Terry, for example, as a potential life insurance client, right? I would say to you, Terry, please don't ask me anything, anything about insurance. I haven't got a clue. I really <laughs> haven't got a clue. Okay, but I've got two young people here who've got all the answers. Right. But, but I, what they have to say is completely irrelevant depending on, on what your situation is. So let's just have a conversation. Let's find out whether right. you even need insurance. And I'd love to have the opportunity to spend 30 minutes with you to wow. decide if that's possible. And if it's not, then it'll be a delight to have met with you. Right. If, if there's any other needs that you've come up with, then I've got connections within the legal and the accountancy professions. I'm happy to refer them to you as well. But is that okay? Can we talk? 
No one said no. No, of course not, because you're just asking for a conversation. That's really different. And Terry, I'm still doing, that's what I do now. I'm Uh, teaching conversation selling. That's what I do, right? Still today. Wow. Wow. Must be working. (laughs) Yeah. So at the end of one year, Uh at the end of one year, I earned double what I would have earned as a school principal. Oh, my goodness. I was totally fulfilled. Wow. I was happy. I was enjoying life. My clients became friends. Yep. These friends referred me to other people, and life was pretty darn good. (laughs) Nice, right. And I still didn't know anything about any insurance policies. I didn't have a clue, right? That's that's really astounding. Wow. (laughs) And by the way, there were occasions when when we had a policy, that could have solved the problem, right. but it wasn't exactly what they wanted. So then what I would do is I would send them to the competition who had a better option, okay? <laughs> and that was frowned upon in those days. But you know what? To me, it was ethically the right thing to do. Right. And you made a, a client for life doing that because then you they really that. trust you. More than that, I made someone who was a person who would – always refer me right okay? right even though they were a client because i right. sent them somewhere else right but they, they would became be, an absolutely. advocate they would they talk about advocate. you do you believe this guy what he did he sent me to the competition they probably talked to everybody about you so of course you're going to get referrals that way you came yeah. up in conversation every day yeah <laughs> i mean to me advocates wow. were more important than anything else yeah it's true anyway Wow. I'm very much aware that I'm doing all the talking here, Terry. You're supposed to. <laughs> You're supposed to do most of the oh, talking. Okay. I'm the oh, listener. <laughs> you sound like my grandma when you said that. <laughs> I hope I don't look like her. Oh. No. Although, <laughs> I'm no. up there, but. <laughs> that was not implied at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I love my grandma anyway. Yeah. But the point is this. The. Life repeats itself, all right? Mm-hmm. I did so well as an agent oh. that they promoted me, but this time I accepted the promotion because oh. the next level up was to what they call, I can't even remember, I think agency manager in mm-hmm. those days. But right. my job was then to train and teach other people how to do what I did. Which so you love to do. Perfect. Right. This is in the education department let me do, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, my so, God. So this went on and then I went from agency manager to state manager and then ended up being the Australian sales manager. But wow. once I got to the Australian sales manager, all of a sudden you're in the corporate world, right? Right. right. And the teaching aspect disappeared. All oh. of a sudden I was in board meetings doing the administration work that I was hoping all my life I'd never get into, right? <laughs> That's right. Back where you were in the other job. Oh, my Great. gosh. Yep. And during that process in the corporate world, I actually was sent to Asia, right? Ah. To, because I was with a company called Lend Lease Corporation who'd, who'd bought out a bank and bought out an insurance company, and that's how I got involved, right? Mm-hmm. And they made me their national sales manager and then sent me to, to uh, Asia, where they had joint ventures in Hong Kong, Indonesia, Philippines, Malaysia, and Thailand. 
Right? Wow. And my role was, I think, general manager of sales and distribution or something pretty fancy on the on the card. I don't know, right? <laughs> <clears throat> but it really meant I had to help these people and train them mm -hmm. how to do the role of getting new customers without pushing them, without being sleazy and salesy, right. etc. So right. again, I thought, wow, I got to reprove. <laughs> okay, but I had to go back every two weeks back to Australia, back into the corporate world, and all the political rubbish that went with it. Right. And finally, I th and in the in the middle of all that, fell in love with a Thai lady. Right, married her. This is many many years ago. Right. Wow. And and, and I spoke with her, and I said, look, I think. The best thing for me to do is what my father told me so many years ago. Um, I want to be my run my own business. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm no spring chicken at this stage, Terry. Right? I'm not 25 any longer. Right? <laughs> so I said to the corporation, "I'm going to give you a month's notice." <gasps> wow! And like the education department, why? You're doing so well. Do 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 do. Right? Right. Right. <laughs> Just be. Well, there's a thing called happiness and fulfillment that's important to me, not just money, right? It's important Absolutely. to me. And the older you get, the more important it is. Right. Because, and I'm know, running money out of isn't time. everything as you get older. It's not. So. Yeah. So I left. Okay. <laughs> I left and started my own business. Wow. And I'm still running it. Okay. Wow. So and how were you when you started the, the new business? The online um, I would have been about about six years off the official about 59 okay okay nice okay, about 59 yep so then i make close to 60 on my memory's not that good terry but about that right <laughs> about 60 yep about 60 so then i started my own business from scratch completely wow. from scratch right that's phenomenal but same principles right be mm -hmm. different Right. Conversation with people. Don't put them under pressure. Okay. Right. And what I was doing, uh, actually, I, the only thing I was selling, if you want to use that word, and most people hate that word because it's got connotations, right? Right. The only thing I was selling was helping them to improve their business. So I worked in those days with the tourist area, especially with hotels, um, in, in the Asian area who were competing against each other. And I was showing them how to get more bums in beds, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it meant. <laughs> right, right. And trying to, and I was getting paid good money to have the different departments in the hotel talk to each other. Oh, right? which they should have been doing anyway, but they don't. Correct. They don't. Correct. Yep, yep. I know it sounds crazy, but it is. It is so crazy. I, I was doing that, but then, uh, and I was traveling a lot. I mean, like Hong Kong, Indonesia, Malaysia, and I was I wasn't seeing much at all of my family. And, and I thought, I think enough, enough. Yeah. Rather than that, at the same time, my wife said to me, well, in fact, we had three things happen at once. Can I share these with you? Sure, absolutely. Personal. Yep. First of all, I was diagnosed with severe lung, uh, severe heart disease, right? Oh. That was a bit of a knockback. Right. Um, secondly, my wife um, 
mentioned to me, she said, I would like us to move to my parents' village rather because we're living in Bangkok, the capital of Thailand, right? Right. And I said, I've been there before, okay, and it's extremely poor. Mm -hmm. People are beautiful but extremely poor. Right. She said, and I said, why would you like to do that? We, we, we visit very often. She said, because there's no social security in Thailand, okay, and I want to take care of that. And, and that's a beautiful part of the Thai culture. Mm -hmm. they, they look after their – they would never, ever think of putting – their family member into a nursing home, for example, yep. right? Yep, that's part of their culture. Know. Absolutely. Yep. In fact, I don't think there's any nursing homes here. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> if there is, they wouldn't be for Thais. They'd be for foreigners, right? Right. Right. So anyway, long we went to the village. Was it a culture shock? Absolutely. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and I thought after a few days, I thought. What am I going to do? I can only talk to the buffaloes for so long, right? <laughs> and and I said to my wife, look, I can see around me there's so much poverty. Mm -hmm. The children were leaving school at, at the age of 12 or 13 Oof. to work in the rice fields, right? Wow, that's all. To awful. help the parents in the rice fields. Yep. And all that was was an ever-increasing cycle of poverty. Mm-hmm. And they get one rice crop a year, and most of that money that they got was given back to the bank to repay the, the loan that they already had, and they and they borrow again, etc., etc. Terrible. And I and I said to my wife, we can look, we can help here. Mm -hmm. I said, let me let me combine my years of teaching with my years of sales. Okay, and coaching, mm -hmm. and I'll do it online. And she said, hey, can you do it online from a Thai village? We haven't got any internet. <laughs> so that's an interesting challenge. Yeah. So yeah. I went to the, to the Thai Telecom Authority and paid a fortune, but got it. Got it. For them well, to, there you go. To run a fiber optic cable from the, from the nearest highway, which is about eight oh. miles, 10 miles away, to wow. the village, right? Wow, 10 miles away. Wow. Anyway, so I got That's why it cost a fortune. <laughs> well, that's good. Line, right? <laughs> anyway, so I started running a coaching business, and the idea was for me to earn money from my coaching, mm -hmm. one, one, to help my family in a way, right, but right. more importantly, to help the village. Mm-hmm. And I was misguided completely because when I started, when I got my first uh, month's coaching fees, mm -hmm. I said to my wife, "Can we can we organise a village meeting? Because I'd like to know and help me. How much do how much do I give to each family?" Mm -hmm. And she said, "Pete, you can't do that. You can't do that. They said, wouldn't take it, right?" She said, "I said this is what I said at the business for." She said, "You misunderstood." <laughs> I thought. The problem is there's a there's a culture within the Buddhist religion called krenjai. Oh. Krenjai means do not ever accept from somebody something that you can never repay. Oh. And they so if they I can gave them it. cash, if I gave them a hundred dollars in cash, right, mm -hmm. going to buy some school books, right, they couldn't do that. Right. Oh. But it was an easy solution. Good. What I did was every Friday. I'd hire a little bus 
and we drive to the nearest city, which is about 15, 20 miles away, right? Mm-hmm. And I take all the kids and the parents, okay, mm-hmm. not all of them, but make the numbers in the bus, right. and we go shopping for school clothes, school shoes, bags, wow. books, pens, paper, okay, and 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 I pay for that. That's and they're allowed about. to accept that. That's okay. That's accept because it wasn't direct cash, right? Oh, okay, cool. Yep. Okay. Nice. Yeah. To this day, it still makes me think of it, but it doesn't matter. It worked, right? <laughs> they worked. That's all that counts. <laughs> but the beautiful part is this, Barbara. The look on the parents' faces. Yeah. When they saw their children going off to school, staying in school, Ugh. wearing new uniforms, having new shoes, yep. having, having the ability to pay the money to keep at school. And I'm talking about... Public schools and the fees aren't that high, right? Mm-hmm. But they couldn't even afford that. Right, okay? right. But the look on their faces was priceless. Mm. And that to me was fulfillment at a level I'd never felt before. And it's okay. so important, I think, that as we age, we understand that fulfillment, that kind, and we look for it. And it is very meaningful. And I love that you were able to put the two together, have your own business and have a cause that your business helps facilitate. And you're helping so many people. It's amazing. It's just wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, I've got a bigger cause now because I'm <laughs> now thinking of legacy. I mean, wow. I mean... Just six months ago, I, w- I had a very difficult time with my health. Okay, mm-hmm. as as you are aware, I just mentioned right. I have severe heart disease. But also, <laughs> in December and January, I had double pneumonia, and I cut it really fine, really fine. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how close it was. Mm. Okay, because I'm the supreme optimist, right? right. <laughs> and, and I and I never give in, never give in. All right. And I'm laying in the hospital bed, okay, and it was in this private ward and my heart specialist, who was a beautiful lady, she came into me one day and she said, Peter, I want you to fight. Mm. Of course. She said, no, I really want you to fight. And I didn't really quite understand what she was implying. Mm-hmm. The next morning I went to get out of bed. This is getting a bit personal, but I'm happy to share it, if you don't mind. Uh, And I think my audience is happy to hear it. They need to hear stories like that. Okay. Well, I got out of bed, Mm -hmm. okay, with the the standards carrying the intravenous stuff, et cetera, right? right? And I had a five-yard walk to the bathroom, and I couldn't make it. I collapsed. Oh, wow. Right? And I don't know how long I was out for. It mm-hmm. could have been 10 seconds, five seconds, a minute. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I do remember when I first became conscious again, okay? Mm-hmm. Apart from the fact I'd hurt myself, that's why I still can't lift my arm up anymore. This one's the one. This one oh, I can't. Oh, wow. Um, the, a thing went through my head and I was it, just a nanosecond, Terry, just a nanosecond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was... It'd be a lot easier to go. <gasps> It'd be a lot easier to go. That thought, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say it because mm-hmm. I want to be honest and trans, transparent, mm-hmm. and be and to be authentic. That right. actually went through my head, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I thought, now I know what the doctor said. You have to fight. 
Yeah. Right. The next morning she came in. She and she said, "How are you?" I said, "Well, I um I had a bit of a problem yesterday." She said, yes, I heard all about it. I heard all about it. I told you, Peter, you have to fight. Now I'm going to tell you something else because I know how strong you are in your mind. Right. You need to accept this. This is serious. This is not just a sickness. Mm-hmm. You are close to the line. Right. Yes. Right. You have a 50% chance of getting a stroke mm. and an 85% chance of not getting out of here at all. Oh, wow. Does that make sense to you? Oh. Well, um, Terry, that really shook me up, right? That's terrible news. It would have shaken me up too. Oh, my gosh. Oh. But that made me fight. And here I am. Good. Here I Good. am, right? Never quit, right? Never quit. Never quit. Never because give in. Yep. The other thing was this, when I'm laying in hospital, after hearing that news, mm-hmm. apart from, it wasn't the fear of death, mm-hmm. right? It was, the, it was the fear of not being able to take care of my family, of losing the love, care and affection that was so special to me. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, it was the fear that I hadn't finished doing what I wanted to do. Right. Okay. Because I wanted a legacy. I wanted to make an impact in this village. Mm -hmm. I identified four people who could carry on doing the work I was doing once I did pass away. But I wasn't planning on passing away so soon, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh. And that went through my mind. I need to help these four people. Because what I want to do is have them in a position where they can do what I'm doing mm-hmm. without the coaching fees that I'm using to, because, I mean, I built the school for them and, I, and mm-hmm. libraries and all that sort of stuff. That's what I do with my coaching fees, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So and so I well, I wanted to set up a, a, a foundation that mm-hmm. they could then draw the money on, et cetera, et cetera. And all those things are running through my head in the hospital. Right, and right. that's what got me better. And that is huge. I think whenever we have something outside of ourselves for other people, it does help us. It makes us stronger. And you knew you couldn't let them down. So you fought harder than you might have otherwise. Absolutely. It's wonderful. And, That's wonderful. And I am 74. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. No, now 75, but 74 in those days. Right. Wow. So, to, to me, um, Life is life is too short. Mm-hmm. Every morning, I'm ex- I always express gratitude when I can open my eyes. Right. Me and too. Then I yep. give one hundred percent to every person I deal with because mm. I, I, for me, my coaching is a passion. Mm-hmm. It is truly a passion with an incredible why. Because I have to look over the fence to make sure that I see the kids. (laughs) That's right. That's a huge why. That's one. And and I'm proud. I mean, I know people listening to this might think, oh, that's no big deal. But for the last 10 years, not one child has left high school until they finish graduating from high school. That is and something that to be. And that important, but it's a huge thing here. It's right? huge. And it's very, you should be proud of that. You should absolutely be very proud of that. That's excellent. I am. And I've got two at university right now. And that's two. unheard of. Wow. One's that is unheard pharmacy of. pharmacy and one's law. doing law. Really? Wow. Yeah. That is and, really. And of course, yeah, that's I'm exceptional. involved with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. that's exceptional because these they, these kids could have never done it without you ever, ever, ever. It wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So, so can I can I share some something outside of that with with because right. we're talking to kick ass boomers, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I'm sharing from not just the school of hard knocks, but from my heart to their heart. All right. Right. Everybody, irrespective of your age, you have the opportunity and you have the ability to help other people. Never, ever believe you can't, okay? And what I, what I would advise people to do, if mm-hmm. they're thinking about even starting a business, and I know a lot of boomers are scared about business opportunities, especially online, because there are so many darn charlatans online. I know that, right? Yes, right. And and by the way, I do not sell business opportunities. Mm-hmm. So don't yeah. ask me about that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I want to give some advice to them. The first thing is this. Think very carefully. What is a problem that you can solve for somebody? Okay. Mm-hmm. Think about your life. Think about the problems you've overcome, the the experiences you've had. Maybe you spent 40 years in banking or in education or in nursing or whatever it may have been, okay? Mm-hmm. Think of the experiences and the expertise that you've got, okay? And remember this, that you may think, oh, that's nothing. But if you can solve a certain problem for somebody, they might think it's pretty darn special. So what is the problem that you can solve? Spend time thinking about that. If you're a baby boomer and you are not sure what to do with your life right now or you want to supplement your retirement income or you're bored or you want a legacy, whatever drives you, Mm -hmm. think about that. That's the first thing. Get absolute clarity on the problem you can solve. And then second Get absolute clarity on who you can solve it for, all right? Right. You can do those two things. I can tell you, if you've got a solution to this problem they have, and you may think it's no big deal, well, then I ask you, go back and think about what it was like for you when you were struggling with that very same problem. Right. What did it, how did it make you feel? Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the pain and the frustration like? Because if you can recall that, then you will know that people will not only want it, but they'll pay for it. And you've therefore got yourself a business. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Yep. So if you can provide the missing piece mm-hmm. for somebody who has a problem, then you've got real value you can give. And in a way, I'm going to step outside. <laughs> where I should here, so f- forgive me if I do this, Terry, but what you see is what you get, right? <laughs> Not only do you have real value that you can help people with because of the expertise, the experience you've got, mm-hmm. but in a way you've got a moral obligation to provide it. I agree with that, absolutely. Right. We need to share our value with others. In any, It could be a volunteer way or, you know, you could start a nonprofit organization and do it that way. There's lots of different ways to do it. But if you Absolutely. need to earn money and you want an online business, there's lots of ways to go about that as well. Yep. Okay. So there you go. Very, very valuable insight. I love it. Thank you, Peter. That was great. So, Sorry. It was, a, it was a pleasure to be with you. 
It was. Now, how can people reach you if they want to? Do you have a website to give us or how do you want people to be able to contact you? Um, yeah, they can they can send me a friend request on, on Facebook, Peter Beckenham. You can okay. probably see it on B-C-K-E-N-H-A-M. Send me a friend request. But when you send me a friend request, do me a favour. Mm-hmm. Send me a message with it. Yes. Simply saying kick-ass boomers. Then I'll know that you listen to the podcast, right? That's right. That's right. That's and the way to do it. Good. I like that. <laughs> because I don't. I, I don't accept all the friend requests that I get. I mean, I, right. I don't do that. But right. I would definitely give preference to people who listen to the podcast. That's one thing. Right. Or you can go to my website. It's Peter Beckenham, P-E-T-E-R-B-E-C-K-E-N-H-A-M.com. Okay, great. And I'll have that in the show there. notes. There's nothing for sale there. Okay. Yep. All you do is you, you look at, some questions, and if you'd like to spend some time with me, you can click a link and come and say hello. Okay, great, great. That's wonderful. And I'll have all that information on my show notes that you can find at kickassboomers.com. I'll have it all typed up so that it's easy for people who want to go back and look up how to get in touch with you. Thank you, Peter. This was wonderful. It was a lot of value for my kick-ass boomers. I just love it. Um, you share, share a lot of real insight and feelings, and I think they're really going to appreciate it. Thank you, Terry. It was my pleasure to share. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.